And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another episode of Upon Further Review, brought to you by the good people at Coors Light. And for the first time in 2022, your Las Vegas Raiders are on a winning streak. Yes, a winning streak. Not one, but two games in a row. They handled business this past Sunday in incredibly exciting, thrilling, whatever adjective fashion you want to say. Taking down the Seattle Seahawks 40-34 to in overtime. You got it once again. And an incredible game. We were talking about it in the studio the other day, or on Sunday, I should say. And just in terms of pure entertainment value... I think Sunday's game in the Pacific Northwest was the most entertaining game that this team has played all year. Obviously, the result was fantastic. I think that helps everything uh, in terms of enjoying a game day experience, as it were. But just in general, I mean, a really, really fun football game. That is really the only word that comes to mind when I think about Sunday. It was a fun football game. It was a fun day to cheer on the silver and black. And as, as a result, now, like I said, the Raiders on a two-game winning streak, some huge performances, colossal, historic, in fact, performances that we will get to in just a few minutes. But before we do that, you know what time it is. I got some bills to pay, and the good people, uh, you guys are going to help me do it. So, sorry, give me one sec. Before we kick this off, and speaking of today's show, we have a fantastic one. Jakob Johnson is going to stop by in just a few minutes. We're going to talk all things football. And football, my cause, my cleats, Josh Jacobs, the whole shebang. We are going to talk about everything. But before we do that, we begin, as we always do, with our transactions brought to you by Shift4 Payments. So since the last time that you and I hung out, the Raiders have made the following moves to the roster. (laughs) On November 26th, the Silver and Black activated cornerback Tyler Hall and defensive tackle Kyle Pico from the practice squad. Two days later, on November 28th, Tyler Hall and Kyle Pico, the aforementioned, reverted back to the practice squad. And then finally, on November 29th, the aforementioned Tyler Hall, who we've talked about a lot in the past 45 seconds, was signed to the active roster, and cornerback Anthony Averett was placed on the reserve injured list for the second time in 2022 for those keeping track at home. Some movement along the roster. I saw a really funny, uh, a funny meme the other day, actually earlier this morning, that I think is kind of appropriate to, to where the Raiders are right now. And it was it was me, it was two photos, right? One of a, a young, strapping, handsome young man, you know, walking into week one with my fantasy football lineup. Uh, and then it was that same man looking very, very old and disheveled and in the darkness. And he goes, me walking into week 13, trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my, my uh, fantasy football lineup. And it's, it's so true. And, and we talk about it all the time where the NFL in particular, I think you say it about most professional sports, but the NFL in particular is such a war of attrition. There is not one team in the NFL that right now that is healthy. There is not one player 
on a roster who has been going to work since training camp that feels 100% right now. It is impossible. Uh, It is just not the way that this game works. And because of that, the teams that really make it far, the teams that go on runs, and ultimately the team that hoists the Lombardi Trophy in February this year, are the teams that can rely on that depth and candidly get a little bit lucky with the injury bug. It's hard to do in the NFL. It really is. It's hard to win in general, but it gets even harder when you don't have the full complement of your pieces. Uh, And we see just going through the transactions this week that the Raiders are making moves on the back end. We've talked about the secondary a lot this year. And, you know, unfortunately, Anthony Avery, like we said, goes on IR for the second time in 2022. But the, the kind of flip side to all this, right, a guy goes down. It means another guy gets an opportunity. So we saw Tyler Hall. We've seen him now for the past two weeks, I believe coming up being one of those game day activations from the practice squad. And he's going to get his shot now on the 53. He's going to get a shot to show Patrick Graham, Josh McDaniels, his entire staff, what he can bring to the table. He's going to get a chance to go out there and, and we presume get some pretty decent run and, uh, and see what he can do over the next month or so. And I, I assume if you're Tyler Hall, you know, see what he can do for the rest of 2022 in the regular season. So, like I said, it's the unfortunate part of the game. You don't like to see anyone get hurt. You don't like to see guys that aren't able to go out there and do their thing at the highest level. But... Like I said, when that happens, other guys get an opportunity. And speaking of people that have made the most of their opportunity, man, you guys know where we're going right now. Josh Jacobs. Whew. So just today, we're recording on a Wednesday, like I said. Josh Jacobs, no shocker here. The awards are flowing through. The levy is broken and the Josh Jacobs Weekly Awards are raining down. For 100% fair, accurate reasons, Josh Jacobs was named the AFC Offensive Player of the Week, which is pretty impressive in and of itself. But in addition to that, he was also named the Week 12 FedEx Ground Player of the Week, too. So just a quick refresher for some of you guys who may not have been fully locked in with the silver and black this Sunday. And if that was not the case, I am very sorry to hear that because you missed, as I said at the top, a literal historic performance for number 28. To summarize, in the span of, let's call it 30 seconds, maybe a little bit more, 229 yards of the ground for Josh Jacobs, career high and franchise record. To put it into perspective, Josh's previous career high was 154, so nothing to sneeze at, but uh, 229, a little bit better. Uh, overall, 303 yards from scrimmage. Yes, 303 yards from scrimmage for Mr. Jacobs, 74 receiving yards for Josh. That is a career high. And then the one that we will, we're all going to remember, the ones that you'll be uh, watching on the highlight reels for the next 20, 30 years, Josh's 86-yard touchdown in overtime in which he was seemingly untouched. And you better believe that we're going to talk to Jakob Johnson about that in just a few minutes. The 86-yard touchdown in overtime was the longest touchdown run in the NFL this year and is also the longest Raiders run since 2014. We could go on and on and on about the unbelievable stats that Josh put up. I had a lot of fun when when Fitz and I, Jason Fitz and I, were discussing uh, just everything that we saw on Sunday on the fifth quarter, shameless plug alert. We were kind of going through some of the numbers, and and it's really kind of hard to put into perspective just how insane Josh's day was. Like, that's the only word for it. It's just an insane day. Like, he, he was so involved in the offense for large spurts of that game. He was the offense. And to see him go out and do his thing and to essentially rewrite the Raiders' record books was, was pretty incredible to, to behold. And, and 
I think the most impressive part of this is we talk about rewriting the record books and and kind of you know where Josh now is in, in kind of that mantle of, of Raiders running backs. And this is what I always come back to. Individual records are always impressive, but I think they're doubly impressive, triply impressive, whatever number you want to say, when you consider that he did it for the Raiders. This is not an organization that has been around for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. This is one of the most historic franchises in North American sports, and you have had a ton of incredible players, Hall of Fame players on offense, defense, and special teams. So when any player, and in this case on Sunday, Josh Jacobs, writes his name in the record book, takes the number one, crosses it out in in Sharpie and writes his name above it, that is something that you need to take note of. That is something you need to respect and appreciate because you don't see those kinds of performances very often. Like I said, you you know, it feels like we're going to see that overtime run from Josh for the next two, three decades. And and just the totality of Josh's day, I think, is something that we're going to be talking about for a very long time. The fact that it was in Seattle and it was so close to the birthday of, uh, of Bo Jackson, there were obviously some, some pretty clear parallels that the broadcast drew there, that we drew there. But to even be mentioned in the same conversation as Bo Jackson, to now be number one on the franchise rushing yards in a game list, like I know, I know I keep kind of hammering this, but it is so hard to overstate how impressive that is. Josh is playing out of his mind right now. The 2022 version of Josh Jacobs has been phenomenal, simply put. And I tweeted it out during the game after maybe he hit the 200-yard mark. Who knows what it was? But it feels like the Hall of Fame game in Canton was a long time ago when he was getting a little burn in that first quarter and people are like, oh man, is is Josh maybe not part of the plan here long term? Is is this a sign that maybe he's not going to be kind of the bell cow back that we think he is? And to be fair, I will raise my hand and I'll be the first to say it. I was, I was kind of of the mind that this was going to be a running back by committee situation. You saw all the running backs the Raiders went to training camp with. You saw all the Raiders running backs and fullback that the Raiders kept on the 53-man roster uh, when, when roster reduction day came around. And if you're just doing the math and you're seeing what Josh McDaniels has done historically, you're like, okay, yeah, Josh is going to get his touches, but so is Amir, and so is Amir, and so is Britton Brown, and maybe Jakob Johnson gets involved. Uh, and remember, Kenyon Drake started uh, training camp here. Like, there's just all these really, really talented guys in the room, and you're like, okay, the, the wealth will be distributed. Nope, not the case. Not even close to being the case. Josh Jacobs has taken the, his opportunity as the bell cow back for the 2022 Las Vegas Raiders, and no pun intended, has has run with it uh, in a pretty huge way. And it's just, you know, it's one of those deals, too, where it's like, you know, Josh has been so good to us since he arrived in Oakland as a rookie. Great guy with a great story. You know, we've heard a lot about Josh's upbringing, especially over the past couple of weeks. But the, the fact that he's doing what he's doing now, the, he's playing out of his mind, and he is the engine of this Las Vegas Raiders offense is uh, is pretty fun to watch. And we talk about it, man, when the Raiders can stick to this formula, when they can run the ball, when they can control the line of scrimmage, when they can let Derek and Devontae work off of that in the play-action game. This is a scary offense. We are now getting, in my opinion, we're getting a little bit closer to the version of the offense that we thought we were going to see in July and August, right? You know, Jesse Merrick and I talked about it during the training camp pod. You know, we've talked about it with a lot of people. Coming into camp, we were like, we knew how explosive this offense was going to be. The only question we had was just how explosive was it actually going to be. There is no question, I think, in anyone's mind that this team was going to put up points. And now, you know, we, we kind of know about the struggles of the first half of the season. They have been well-documented, well-discussed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
But now we're getting, in my opinion, we're getting closer to what we thought it was going to be. And yeah, there's some unique wrinkles to it. Darren Waller, we haven't seen a whole heck of a lot of. Hunter Renfro uh, has been out now a couple weeks. But you're really starting to see what it could be, what it should be, what it has the possibility of being when it's right. And it's incredibly exciting. I know the record is not where we want it to be. I don't think there's anyone in this building who expected to be at 4-7. and seven. I don't think there's anyone here who expected to kind of be in, in the situation that the Raiders are currently in. And I talk about it all the time. No matter how well you're playing, I am a firm believer in you are what you your record says you are. You are what you earn in the NFL. And right now, the Raiders have earned four wins. Right now, they, they have, are a few games under 500, but they have a huge game against the division rival uh, Los Angeles Chargers this upcoming weekend. And we're going to get another chance to kind of see where they are. We're going to see if they can keep stacking Ws. I know it's the first winning streak of 2022. Can two games become three? Can two wins become three wins? We're going to have to wait and find out. But speaking of that game, going to be a big one. Big game. Big rivalry game for your Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, looking back to last week for the Bolts, they beat the Cardinals 25-24 in really an exciting game. They convert that two-point conversion to, uh, to secure the W. And now... They come into Las Vegas, a game over 500. They come in really in the thick of the playoff picture in the AFC. And, you know, you never want to say the division is out of reach at all, but they, if you're them, you're probably realistically looking at, at kind of the wild card standings and, and kind of where you shake out in that, in that sense. So Chargers are a team that have a lot to play for, a talented team. Justin Herbert, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL, a guy who can make every throw. We have seen him now a lot over the past couple years. And I always say this, when the Raiders and Chargers in particular get together, always weird, always funky. I do not need to remind all of you guys what happened the last time these two teams played at Allegiant Stadium in, what was it, January, I think, technically? Yeah, technically January to wrap up the regular season. Bizarre, weird, funky, doesn't matter the records. It's going to be an interesting game, an entertaining game, and I have a feeling that we're going to have <clears throat> excuse me, have a few twists and turns and odds and ends as we go through that game Sunday afternoon at beautiful Allegiant Stadium. Speaking of someone who's actually be going to work at Allegiant Stadium this Sunday afternoon, not me. I'll be sitting in a suit in a press box, hopefully enjoying uh, a nice uh, a nice soda and a hot dog. But a guy who's actually going to be putting in work is our guest this week on Upon Further Review, our man Jakob Johnson. And, you know, kind of just off the top, before we kind of dive into our, our chat with Jakob, this is a really exciting week in the NFL. This is a really fun week. This is a meaningful week in the NFL. We are now officially diving in headfirst to the My Cause, My Cleats initiative. In my opinion, one of the best things that the NFL does. It gives guys to show off a little personality. The cleats look awesome. For those of you who don't know, the guys who elect to participate can have these custom cleats that, that kind of show show support to a cause, a, a charity, whatever it is that is really near and dear to the hearts of these guys. And I think that so often we just see, you know, we see the athlete, right? We see the guy with the helmet and the shoulder pads and, and he's taping his ankles and he's scoring touchdowns. But all these guys have stories. All of them have friends, families, people they love, people they care about. Uh, and all of them, you know, unfortunately, a lot like us, have all been struck by something in their life that, that has caused them pain and upset. And, and, you know, they all have issues that they care about and are passionate about. And so I think that what the NFL has done in, in giving these guys a chance to kind of express that, to share that, to kind of lift the helmet a little bit while looking really cool and badass in the process is a very, very, uh, very impressive deal. So yeah, we're going to talk to Jakob about that. Like I said, a whole bunch of things. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy our conversation with fullback 
Jakob Johnson. And we're very, very excited to be hanging out with Jakob Johnson. And, and Jakob, we have a lot of things to discuss, but I think the important things first. I was talking at the top that I'm, you know, the NFL does a really good job with a lot of their initiatives. And one of my favorites is the My Cause, My Cleats one. I think it gives, you know, the fans a great chance to kind of learn more about you guys, the things that you care about off the field, what you're passionate about. And I will say, the cleats look pretty cool, too. <laughs> Not too shabby. Appreciate so what is, so you went with uh, Up Next International. I know they focus on, on youth education. So just why them? Uh, why is this a cause that you really care about? And, uh, and credit to you for getting the silver and black colorway, too, by the way. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, the logo looks nice. Uh, Up Next International is, is my foundation. Um, I started it about, about a year ago, so we're still in our first year. Uh, focus on, on youth education because in, in my experience, the, the path I have taken through uh, the United States, that's one thing where, where I think, uh, you know, you can, you can help a lot and uh, the help that you can give can, can really make a difference. Um, it all starts with education, right? Like, I mean, you're in the position today that you're in, in now because, you know, you had some, somebody that got you through high school, somebody got you through college, and, uh, you know, we just want to find ways to, to impact kids here in the States. And then on the other hand, we, we are working on a kind of pathway program for, for high school kids in, in Germany to, to potentially uh, get the resources they need to, to make it to America with whatever sport they're pursuing. You know, and you talk about there always being that person in your life uh, who kind of cared, right? Who showed interest, who said, right. hey, Jakob, you can do X, Y, and Z. Like, who was that person for you when, when you were a little guy running around? <laughs> oh, man, I had a lot of teachers along along the way. When, when I say teachers, I don't necessarily mean like school teachers, but just people who, who influenced me in the right way, uh, whether that be football coaches um, or, man, even I, I, had, a, I had a math t- teacher in... Uh, in my last couple of years in Germany that he would always, because uh, I, w- I would notoriously be late to class, right? I would be late to class all the time. He's like, look, uh, how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? And if, if you straighten this out in, in the school aspect, that might be a little tough for you. Uh, you're going to have a hard time accomplishing your, your other goals outside of school that, that actually mean more to you. So uh, I just try to take something from, from wherever I can. But uh, with my foundation, I'm, I just try to kind of provide that to to uh, kids and, and communities in need. And, and, you know, when I was going through the list of the, of the guys' causes, like yours really stood out to me. And, and I think one of the reasons is because my wife's a second grade teacher, right? Mm. And so, especially since we got to Vegas, she works in the public school system. And yeah. to your point, you kind of see these kids. And the one that kills me is the kids that, that kind of just get lost in the in translation, right? The kids that fall through the cracks, the kids that don't have maybe the, the resources that you or I did growing up. And you just feel like, they need something, and you know, oftentimes you don't know what it is. It's it's got to be something more than just hey, a little extra attention. They need something, and so I think that seeing you know a guy like you who's focused on just youth education in general, especially for like the little guys, the little gals <laughs> out there, like it's something that's really really important. That when you look out, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah, I mean, uh, appreciate you saying that. You know, we just try to find little little things that we can do uh, at the beginning of the season. We did a, 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 that kind of back-to-school event. You know, we took a bunch of uh, student athletes uh, over to to Dick's Sporting Goods and got them fitted out with, with all the stuff they needed for the season. Um, we got another thing coming up for Christmas, and uh, you know, we're just trying to grow all these different different uh, programs and and build relationships here in the community in Vegas and uh, in in the communities that I touched along my journey, uh, and it may be Jacksonville or Knoxville or. Uh, back home and and try to see what we can do to you know impact impact 
people uh, in a positive way. Well, kudos to you, sir. Very well done. <laughs> and kudos, I mean, it, I, I said at the top, but I mean it. Like, I think that this is one of the better league initiatives because yeah. it gives you guys a chance to say, like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an incredible football player. I'm, at the, you know, the top one percent of the one percent of the, the athletes out there, but. There's certain things that I care about that are yeah. important to me, whether it's, you know, you, you talk about Max and he's been so vocal about, you know, supporting pit bulls or, or stories like Trent's or the other specialists. Like, it gives the fans a chance to say, like, yes, Jakob is a fullback. <laughs> yes, Jakob gets paid to block and to be yeah. a beast out on, out on the field on Sundays. But he's also a human being that has wants and needs and, and cares about other things, too. So well done yeah. to you and uh, well done to the rest of the guys who uh, participated. But speaking of being uh, a monster out on the football field, you you had the opportunity to run in front of Josh on Sunday. Yeah. And I have to imagine there's not a better seat in the house to see what he does than your position. I mean, dude, what <laughs> when you had a chance to go back and watch film from what you guys did on Sunday, yeah. that has got to just be like the creme de la creme, the pinnacle of fun for you guys. It, it is a lot of fun. There's there's not a not a lot of feelings that are better than just seeing the back of your running back's uh, jersey just moving fast away from you, you know, just kind of getting getting smaller in the distance. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm real blessed that I get to block for a, a real special group of guys, uh, whether it be Josh, Zamir, Amir, Bolden, whoever's in there. Um, all those guys make it fun because cause I know pretty much if, if I do my job right, you know, they'll they'll take care of the, of the rest. You know, and I, I can't imagine that you guys, especially during the course of a game and an overtime and an, as wild as Sunday was, have any even semblance of an idea that Josh at that point is literally like in historic franchise record kind of company. But like in a game like that, when he's so in the zone, like what does it look like and feel like when he's in the huddle? Oh man, he he's definitely one of those uh, guys that are always pushing the energy in the huddle, uh, driving everybody. Um, you know, just reminding everybody to like, yo, let's 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 go. You know, like he 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 brings a lot of energy to the huddle and 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 pushes everybody to to give their all for him. But you know, at the same time, when when you watch him make all these plays, you know, it, it makes it easy because you know that hey, every play that that we're out there blocking for him could be a could be a big play and. Um, you know, the, obviously we we don't pay attention to the stats during the game. We we're not like really glued into, hey, how many yards does yeah. X person have? How many snaps has he taken? But um, uh, looking back on it afterwards, it's uh, it's definitely cool to have been part of such a like historic performance. You know, especially in a, and we were talking about this earlier, especially in a place like here where you look at the the history of this team, 50, 60 years, and how many incredible running backs, how many incredible skill position guys have come through. And now, Josh, you look at what he did Sunday, and that's etched in the history books here, which is which is pretty dope. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, not to not to get too far ahead of sure. ourselves here, but uh, when when I during my first year in the in the league, uh, I was fortunate enough to take a trip to to the Hall of Fame, and one of the things that they told us there is that uh, the the cool thing about the Hall of Fame is that they keep all the clips of the games of all the guys, right? And later, if you're if you're old, if you're like 50, 60, uh, you want to come back with your kids, they can pull up all the plays, right? And uh, you know, I th- I think if you get to play with a guy like Josh, you know, it's it's just really cool because there'll be a lot of plays like that that you're like, hey man, like let's see that big run one more time, you know. So um, yeah, definitely kind of probably looking forward to that. When did you know he was he was gone on that overtime run? Because <laughs> I mean, all, all kidding aside, he yeah. didn't even get touched. 
Yeah. Like, at what point does Yagaba say, yeah, game over. All right, oh, let's man. get on the plane. Um, obviously, I mean, I, I had my face in a, in a linebacker, so uh, I, I couldn't see the first half of the run. But once once I got my, my eyes back up, right, and I see him still moving at a, at a really high speed, right? Like, usually at this point, you know, they're like, couple defenders hanging on him and he's kind of pushing the power forward but uh he was like you said he was still completely untouched and i kind of could see a safety in the the left corner moving up and then and then falling on the ground and as soon as that happens i knew nobody was gonna hawk him from behind you know i know i knew he wasn't gonna let that happen so uh yeah it was it was definitely an an exciting moment i mean mac Collins is celebrating at like the 40 i mean you see all the (laughs) you see all those videos and mac's like waving goodbye cheering and i was like yo he's still got like half the field to go right right yeah I mean, that's that's always one of those things. Uh, we always make fun of guys that that get hawked from behind. So uh, you know, I, I knew Josh wasn't going to let that happen in, in that moment. And you know, he he put the team on his back, and uh, you know, we appreciate it. Hundred percent, and it's a, re- a big reason why you guys have won two games in a row now, getting a chance to come back to a Legion. It feels like you guys haven't had a home game in forever. Just what is the <laughs> excitement like in that locker room to come back to Vegas to play a game in front of these fans again? Because like I said, it feels like it's been a minute. Yeah, uh, it, it, yeah, it definitely feels like we haven't really had that many home games this yeah. season <laughs> for some reason. Uh, but you know, playing in the Legion is great. Uh, the Raider Nation is definitely one of the more uh, rowdy fan bases out there. They definitely bring the energy at, at all the home games, and um, we we've come from some games now where the crowd was uh, let's call it not in our favor. Sure. You know, there's, there's been a lot of Things being yelled at us and and signs being shown these last couple of weeks, so uh, it'll be good to be be in Allegiant Stadium and and get to rock out in front of Raider Nation. One hundred percent. Last one before I let you out of here because you've been very generous with your time. But the day is <laughs> over. Uh, how are the German boys going to do tomorrow? We got a big game coming up. Big game in the World Cup. <laughs> big game against Costa Rica. Uh, do or die situation or die. for us. You know, uh, we 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 lost that that early game to to Japan. Captain Subaza and the boys uh, caught us on on our on our left foot. You know, we we played a decent game against Spain, tied it. Um, man, I'm I'm going I'm going three one Germany. Oh, I'm going three one Germany. All right, so. if they win three one, we're gonna clip this. We're gonna yes, put it out yeah, there. Clip it. Yeah, clip it up. I said it here first. Three one <laughs> Germany, man. And after that, once once we get to the once we get to the elimination stages, man. That's what we do. Yeah, you know, we're built for that. You know, we just had to get out the group stage, and and then we're good to go. Oh, is there a more exciting, like, kind of bizarro sporting event in the World Cup, though, man? Like, no, man. I mean, let's talk about the U.S. squad too. Right? Yeah, uh, I yeah. Mean, shout out to the boys in red, white, and blue. Yeah, y'all are playing a, a hell of a cup. You know that that Iran match. Um, I gotta say, man, Iran played with a lot of heart. I, I kind of wanted them to at least yeah. tie the game, you know. And not that I'm rooting against sure. you guys, but you know, they they played their hearts out. Um, but you know, how exciting for you guys to to actually do good at a World Cup? For yeah, once. I know, and to be there for the first time in eight years. <laughs> I didn't I didn't miss that shade, Jakob. I didn't miss that shade. Speaking of though, has has Jermaine recovered yet? I saw that tweet that you that you yeah, fired yeah. off at him. Is he doing all right? Yeah, he's he's doing okay. He's doing okay. But listen, I just can't wait for England to get to the to the elimination stage and. And blow it how they usually do because uh, I don't know what it is, but they don't good, do good with pressure over there on the on the island, you know. So um, yeah, I have a lot of jokes ready for Jermaine when England gets kicked out, and I'll retweet every single one. There I promise go. you that I'll retweet every <laughs> single one. Well, hey man, this was such a good, a good time to have you back up here. You uh, like I said, well done on, on the cause and, and to everyone uh, that's participating on the roster. Very very well done. Uh, good luck this Sunday. We'll catch up with you soon. All right, brother. Yes, sir. Let's do it. 
And a huge thank you to Jakob Johnson for coming up, man. And that is a guy who doesn't get a ton of recognition. I actually heard on the broadcast, and this was a bit of a surprise to me, a dude who's never had an NFL carry, which is pretty bizarre. Not one, but he's a guy who, like Josh McDaniel said earlier this week, does the dirty work. He's kind of that unsung hero of really the, you know, that kind of hybrid offensive lineman running back, kind of just helps the engine go as it were. So big shout out to Yaka for hanging out and uh, big thanks to our PR staff for getting him up here in a timely fashion. So we now transition into one of my, I think it's becoming one of my, my favorite little, little segments of the show. The Raiders will win if, and this is not the groundbreaking one. You know, I know I've had some good ones with, with numbers and stats and yada, yada, yada. This one to me is pretty simple. Coming back home Two weeks on the road, haven't played in front of the home crowd in a minute. Two wins, back-to-back, you're feeling good, you're riding high, emotions are good, the energy in the locker room is electric. Playing a division rival, team that you probably don't really like a whole lot, you see them twice a year. Like, I mean, look, you're you're really going down the list of, of setting things up for today, or excuse me, for this Sunday. And so for me, going into this game, it's really simple. The Raiders will win this game if... They stick to the formula that's gotten them here the past couple of weeks. And I know I sound like old man Eddie just talking about the formula and going back to it and going back to it and going back to it again. But this is, this is reality. When the Raiders have executed that formula, the formula, the aforementioned, of running the ball, letting Josh Cook, establishing a tone at the line of scrimmage, letting Derek and Devontae work off play action, getting Devontae his touches... Right, giving him chances to go be an electric playmaker, particularly in the red zone. But they really have the running game be the catalyst. Things have gone pretty well for the Raiders as of late in 2022. And if you look at where the the, excuse me the Chargers rank defensively against the run in particular, statistically speaking, this is not my opinion. Statistically speaking, they are not very good against the run. Coming into Sunday, the Chargers are number 28 in the NFL at stopping the run. 28. Pretty close to 30. Definitely in the bottom quarter of the league. Josh Jacobs is in the zone right now. Josh is fully in the matrix. We have seen the past couple weeks just what Josh is capable of doing. So if the Raiders can stick to their formula, if they can run the ball, if they can do it early and often, if they can commit to it from the first series of the game all the way through to the very end. I like their chances. Won't be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Not at all. Like I said, Justin Herbert, a really, really good quarterback. This Chargers team, incredibly talented. A Chargers team that, you know, we talk about it, that every single year you just look at them on paper and you're like, how did this team not win more football games? Well, that's the case again this year because they are a really talented group. A lot of really good football players on that team on the offensive and the defensive side. So it's not going to be easy sledding against this team. It's not. They're coming off a big win. Raiders are coming off a big win. It's going to be a clash in the desert, and I cannot wait. But if the Raiders can be who they are, if they can do what they do best, and that is kind of revolve an offense around number 28, I think we're all going to go home happy on Sunday evening. So there it is. Can they do it? Time will tell. I think Khalil Mack and the boys might have something to say about that, but that is my uh, that is my very basic breakdown of what I think needs to happen this Sunday at Allegiant Stadium.
But before we get out of here, it's about time to, uh, it's almost time, I should say, to hit the dusty trail. You know what we got to do. We got to end the show in my personal favorite way. We got to crack an ice cold bruchacho. And this week, today, we are cracking a cold one for the United States men's national team who have advanced in the 2022 World Cup in the round of 16 in thrilling fashion, taking down Iran earlier this week to advance out of the group stage, as I said, into the knockout round. They're going to take on the Netherlands this Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time. Early start to the day, but those are my favorite starts of the day. So I cannot wait. And man, we've been watching a lot of World Cup in the uh, in the studio the, the past week or so. And man, what an incredible tournament. Just a fun tournament, a bizarre tournament, some of the best drama that you will ever see play out on a field. It's been a blast. I'm really, really excited, really proud that the national team has gone through into the round of 16. And let's get weird. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to get super funky. I'm ready to get bizarro world soccer this Saturday morning. Hopefully we get a a U.S. win on Saturday and a Raiders win Sunday. Nothing Nothing, nothing would make me happier. So big shout out to our boys over there in Qatar doing their thing. And I hope the next time that we record the show, I can crack another cold one for them because they're still playing. But business to handle first. Netherlands Saturday morning. Can't look past anyone. The Dutch are a good team. Good team. My man Virgil van Dijk, one of the best in the world. So no easy task for the boys in red, white, and blue. But I am optimistic. I am excited. Let's see what they do bright and early on Saturday. So looking ahead to Sunday now, before we get out of here, friendly reminder that the fifth quarter will be back in action. We'll be back doing our thing. Uh, it'll be me and our guy Jason Fitz yet again popping in the virtual beat lab. He'll be joining us from Bristol, Connecticut. He's a busy man. Fitz got a lot going on. We tried to get him out here this week, but the schedule unfortunately wouldn't allow it. He's just got too many, too many real world responsibilities. He's on too many shows. You turn on ESPN, you go on ESPN.com, you look at any of the ESPN digital properties, he's always there. He's in the Cheez-Its commercial, he's everywhere. The man is omnipresent, but he will be with us virtually on Sunday evening, uh, and we can't wait, hopefully, talking about a third Raiders win in a row. So, Freddie Pascal, our guest this week, Jakob Johnson, my man Ray on the ones and twos, uh, and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. And then actually, programming note, because we play on Thursday Night Football next week, that's a good reminder to all you guys and a good reminder to myself. Short week for the Raiders after this uh, this Sunday's game against the Chargers. So we are actually going to drop upon further review on Wednesday. Does that sound right, Ray? Yep, we're going to do it on Wednesday instead of Thursday, give you guys a little pregame listening. But yeah, it is going to be a, a busy week. It's going to come quick, fast, in a hurry. The short week is great in some regards uh, and is also incredibly busy and stressful in others so we will see you guys next week on wednesday for our thursday night football edition of upon further review thanks for listening to this edition of upon further review presented by coors light on the official raiders podcast network The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation.